Bandwidth for This Week in Photography is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photography is sponsored by Audible. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash twip for a free downloadable book. This week on the show, a new camera from Canon, new chips from Sony, and new video work for photographers. Right here on This Week in Photography, number 33. Welcome to This Week in Photography. Hi, I'm Scott Bourne, your host, and it is an all-star cast here today. We are looking forward to a really great show. As usual, my co-host and cohort in crime from Star Wars set directly there, too, is Alex Lindsay. By the way, most people do not know that you worked on Star Wars. I worked on Star Wars. Episode yeah. one. Episode one. I so you're, sh- you're at least a thousand years old. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. I, 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 uh, I, worked on, uh, um, I worked on the shiny ship. Cool. Well, wait a minute. Episode one or episode four? Episode one, not yeah. episode four. Four is the first one, right? But one is the fourth one. Ah, yes. And you're yes. not that old. Then. No, I'm not that. You'd old. have to be like three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other voice you hear are the dulcet tones of Mr. Fred Johnson from Adobe. Thanks for coming in, Fred. You're welcome. Hey, Fred. And, Fred. and Fred was here on time. I just want to let everybody yes, know. Yes, I was. Fred. Um, what do you, what do you, what's next to you there? I, you know what? There's a little gift here that I've been nagging Alex for. It's it says wireless digital frame with its own email address. Oh, Does this thing have an IP address too? It, I don't think it doesn't have an IP address. But what you uh, so anyway? And Steve wants coming in your direction too. So, oh my god! Um, so we're just waiting Beautiful. for them to come in. Um, but the uh, it's the E Starling. <clears throat> yeah, this is I've been C doing lots live. of I've been doing lots of research and I got these guys to send me one and uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's it's awesome. So what what happens is is one of my complaints. Well, the, here's what happened: is that the uh, um, I want to get one for my parents so that I can just put it in their house, sign it up to the Wi-Fi, and never have them think about it again, and just get new photos. And so all of these, almost all of the, the the frames out there, you have to connect it to the camera. You have to co- put something in. And my parents will never do that. They'll look at the same five photos over and over again. So this one, you just connect it to the Wi-Fi. And then from then on, I can email it. I just have like Alex Lindsay at da 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 or whatever my, I don't know what my email is, but it's something like that. And yeah, so, Alex, what's your email? Yeah, I know. I was like, I, was like uh, I probably ought not say it. Um, so anyway, but, uh, but anyway, so the, you have these, um, the, the photos just pop up into the, into the frame at that point, you know, and, uh, and so it is, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It will also follow Flickr feeds, iPhoto feed, you know, RSS feeds, everything else. So you can just sign it up to that and it'll just load those over the internet and um the uh, <laughs> the transitions are a little goofy but uh it, it i've had it on my desk for the last couple months i but saw fred, it it's great fred yeah. keeps on coming we kept on walking in, so where's mine exactly. where's mine where's mine and you know and so, if the transitional transitions are weird does it at least have a uh, i'm trying to figure out how to do that i haven't does figured it have out a cross dissolve at least in there? well I, I told them all i want is a cross dissolve yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. and uh and i haven't figured out how to do that yet so right. well, we're so, gonna but play with these since they were nice enough to give us a couple yeah they, they sent us a couple to play with and um, i'm blogging and, about this and i have to i have to Man, I look at it. So I just have like you know sixty photos of my of my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and and I just look at you know it's very distracting because you look over and yeah. you're like, oh hi, and then I go back to work, you know. So it's it's really uh, changes every three minutes or ten seconds or whatever you That's want. Cool. So I'm gonna good. plug it into a Flickr feed. Thanks. Well, let's uh, let's also bring Steve Simon in from New York City, a world acclaimed photojournalist and a very very talented guy. Steve, thanks for joining the cast. Hey guys, uh, great to be here. Hey, isn't that the kind of technology that Bill Gates has in his house years ago where, you know, I heard that if you were a guest to his house, they would do a little research, find out what kind of art you like, and then sort of on these huge monitors all over, these big screen monitors, they would put up, you know, the, the, the guests, you know, likes in terms of visuals. Yeah, evidently when you're, when you have $40 billion, you get to be a couple years ahead of all of us. But, uh... <laughs> Actually, I got to take, I got to take that tour, Steve, and what they do is they give you a little microchip. It's like a pen. You put it on your shirt, and not only does it control things like what art you see, it controls what rooms you can get into because he actually lives in the home. So there are certain rooms they don't want guests getting into, obviously. So the doors you can open, open. Your preferences with regard to temperature, light, music. Oh, my God. Art. Were you in his That's house, sick. Scott? I was. I was. Yeah, I was fortunate. He was partying. Yeah. Wow. He and Bill. This was, this was back in the day when you look at uh, – there was this magazine that used to be published called um, – 
Net Life, I believe was the title of it. No, it was Website Magazine. Mm-hmm. And they posted a list of the 100 most influential people on the World Wide Web, and I was 89, and Bill was 100. Wow. Yeah. Boy, and I, I would love to hear I said, more about I'll tell you what, I'll trade you positions. You give me your money, you can have my 89th ranking. He wasn't interested, but I did get invited to a party. Very cool. So anyway, yeah, this is similar technology, except you use email. And it's, uh, the, the frames uh, in Bill's house are 80 inches wide and these aren't but it, it's very cool and we're, we're very Friends for the rest of us very happy to do it. let's get uh, let's get on with the show uh, thanks to these guys for sending them to us we're going to talk more about these after we play with them and know what the heck we're talking about I do want to say that um we have a link contest if you're not aware of it you can win a free drobo you can be drobatized and then be droovy if you just link to us if you just link to us from your website or your blog and you happen to be a u.s citizen who's 18 years of age uh see the contest rules on the blog at twipphoto.com if you want to participate it's time for the photography news let's start right in with blu-ray gold when will blu-ray go mainstream alex never okay that was simple (laughs) (laughs) steve steve what did you think you you posted this up to the the the, uh the the, our our wiki what did what did you think yeah no i I was just curious because obviously uh there are advantages uh you know you can store a lot more information you know about five dvd you know single layer dvds worth and it sort of makes sense as files go up that uh, those that want to archive on those circular discs uh might be interested in this but um are we going to see them incorporated into apple computers for example Boy, there's been tons of rumors about that, but uh, Alex's position has always been no, because we look at the air, for instance, and I think that gives evidence that we're moving drives out of those machines, not into them. I mean, I think that that when we look at uh, ZFS and we look at other backup, the the kind of stuff we're seeing with Drobo and the other stuff, I I know for me, what I'm looking at is not so much uh, uh, single pieces of plastic I want to throw stuff on, but really uh, a drive system that allows me to, maybe in two different locations, have all my data and be moving the old drives out one end and the new drives in the other end and have kind of a cloud of of, uh, storage that I can use. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I I think that we will more likely, I'm, I'm more interested even in, in the, the cloud that Amazon and Google and everyone else is creating more than I am in, in having it on my own because it's just – the I've ruined too many discs. I mean, yeah. I think that's, that's the problem is I, I've scratched too many discs um, to a point where I'm, I, I don't trust them anymore. You know, it was – I moved everything onto my Drobo, uh, all of my uh, – uh, like all my CDs and all my DVDs onto my Drobo mm-hmm. over over about two weeks, and it was just such a great feeling because then I had access to them as well. As long as you're completely, are you redundant with your Drobos as well? I'm about to be. What, so what I'm doing is I'm putting one Drobo here in the office, one at home, yeah, and then they're gonna both have all my content on it, and then they basically are sync every night. So they just if I save stuff to it here, it ends up there. If I save stuff there, it ends up here overnight. Okay. And Good. so so they'll be in two different locations, um, and they're they're also redundant within themselves, right? And that's a pretty safe. I mean, other, the only problem is, is that I live in San Francisco, so earthquakes yeah, hit both, both areas. Both drives are in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Alex. Let's one in Nevada. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's move on because we have a ton of news, more news than we have on any other previous show. Um, according to uh, an article someone posted, there is a camera out there that's in the shape of a gun. Oh, that's going to be fun going through okay. TSA. But guys, this is like an old camera. This this came out, I think it's 88 years old or something. But, oh, but even then, I mean, could there be an advantage to having a camera in the shape of a gun. Yes, if you'd like to end your life early. I, I think there's also, you can get great, you can really get a lot of great expressions. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just have these wincing, and you're just like, ah! You yeah, know, like, I, I predict that. I predict that using this will land you either in jail or the morgue in about oh, 15 seconds. And, and especially if it had a big loud bang when you pulled the trigger when it took the picture. Yeah, oh, yeah. you see the, you see these. You, you get these. You, you would get literally. You get photos that you couldn't get any other way. Let's yeah. just post this in the list of asinine ideas and move the on. Last show we had all this discussion about photographers being accosted. Now, can you yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to help yeah. our reputation now. Outside the Capitol <laughs> building, taking pictures hey, with a gun. camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a new contest to report. The Landscape Photographer of the Year with a $10,000 cash prize. 10000 Guess what? There are entry fees, however, as there are starting to be in more and more of these contests, which always makes me wonder if they're less about the contest and more about a chance for a promoter to make a lot of money. Be sure that you always, always read the rules to these things. What's the entry fee? I don't know in this particular case. I no. didn't post this. Is anybody I think here? it's like 10 pounds. It's, it's out it's, of England, this thing. It's out thing, of England. But- 
I got to tell you guys, I mean, there, there's more and more of these contests, even so-called legitimate, and I'm making finger quotes now, you can't see me, but these legitimate contests are asking for pretty high entry fees and, you know, professional students and so on. I mean, in a way, I think they're, they're kind of bleeding us uh, dry just because we have this obsession with, you know, wanting to get our stuff seen and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, is I it think, fair? I think that you, if you have to pay to enter a contest, it's, it's rarely worth it but um i don't know it, I mean, could, it could be if it's a prestigious enough contest that that's been around a long time and it depends on what the the entry fees are i'm actually more concerned about the terms of service and the license agreement that you end up signing for some of these contests because i've read many of them that say oh by the way by entering a picture in this contest you completely assign your copyrights to this photo to our organization so never enter a contest like that never. but you give up your copyright absolutely yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's something to be said though for having someone pay if it's ten bucks or or ten pounds or or whatever, nothing more than twenty bucks. I think there's something to be said about that because it keeps people a little serious. You know, one thing that you get into when you get contests yeah. is if it's free, you get a lot more. You know, people have to say, "Well, I think I'm actually going to play." It's not like a hundred dollars. It just says, but it keeps everyone from just throwing stuff everywhere. You yeah, know, I, I, I that, suppose that that's an argument. Although, you know, you could do the same thing with one dollar. I mean, if Probably, you, yeah. if you just want to accomplish that. But anyway, it's we're going to have a link to it on the blog. Uh, the landscape ha- photographer of the year. I mean, we haven't seen a specific landscape, and I bet you there's a lot of our listeners out there that that is something that they really uh, yeah, focus but, but, on. But so. here's here's the thing, Steve. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I could form a company tomorrow and say we're going to give away the landscape photography of the year award here because who's to say who gets to give away the la- I mean who gets right. to pick who's the landscape photographer of the year a lot of these prizes really don't have any legitimacy to them and you know I'm not talking about this one in particular because I don't know but I've seen many of these contests it's like photographer of the year as so declared by H&R Block Company I mean you know totally totally agreed I guess the one thing that struck me about this is I hadn't seen a contest specifically where landscape was the uh, this might know, this might be one I have seen before. I'll look at it later. We'll, 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 we'll put some notes on it if we think it's more legit than I do at the moment. But uh, Canon launches the EOS 1000D. It's been 15 minutes since Canon launched new camera, so they've decided to come up with a brand new one. It's an entry-level DSLR, 10 megapixels. It does have the fine, fine EOS integrated cleaning system, which, by the way, actually works, and uh, does have SD cards as its memory storage device. What's the price point on this? It's It's... Okay, it's like 1100 bucks. Is that right. right? Now, here's what I found interesting about this. Do you know that Canon, with the rebate program, recently dropped the 40D to 940 bucks? No, oh, wait a minute. I take that back. This is like 800 bucks. Now I remember. Because the, uh, here's what I, I calculated that the 40D with the new rebate is 140 more than this. But it's 1,000D. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting 960D <laughs> for only just a little bit more money. Yeah, okay. Well, the 40D is a lot more camera. And so if you got an extra 140 bucks, and I realize not, every, not everybody does, but I would take a serious look at the 40D over this body if you've got the money. Because we're only $140 apart from a camera that I happen to carry in my bag as a backup body. That's how much I rely on it's it. It's 1,000D. So, thank you. Now, the one thing I want to say that, that I'm, I'm kind of bummed about, which I think is something that Nikon is, is getting ahead of um, on uh, the cameras, is uh, if you look at the video out, I mean, video out is actually something that we've been playing with a lot. And the Canon, this this has a PAL and NTSC which video is, out, which is FUBAR. You know, it's, it, Here's the 1DS yeah. Mark III, same thing, yeah, and, which and, I don't understand. Then you look at the D3, and I think the D300 got, both have HDMI out. Know, you're getting at least 720p out of the back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, well. and so you're getting a much higher resolution. If you want to actually use it for monitoring, which I think if you're doing product shots, studio shots, there's there's a yep. lot of good reasons yep. to have it. Yep. And uh, I think that Canon needs to you know get their head out of the sink. Well, if they won't put it on their top flagship body they're not going to put it on their entry-level body exactly. and by the way uh this is the oldest complaint in the world against canon can we just have a friggin button on the thing to lock the mirror up instead of like all these menu presses because yeah. that's another problem that bothers me but yeah. that's another story um we have some invites for you we're not going to talk about this anymore after this so this is it there's a site called faux trade it's in beta and by the way would you all start to remember what in beta actually means? I kind of hate Google for doing to beta what they did to beta in terms of making it perpetual beta, meaning there's no real beta. This company actually is in beta and actually wants people to test the product. Therefore, when you get there and go, it's not perfect, it sucks, I'm, I'm, I hate it. Well, the, you, you don't get to do that because you need to test it and say, here's what you can I was, fix. See, I was, I was warming up. I was getting ready. I was like, I already tried it. It's got, it's got copyright right in the middle of the photo. I hate it. Yeah. Well, you don't have to have that, by the way. Um, 
I, I, you know, I've I've used it and I play with it. I think it's kind of cool. It's it's new, so I I mean, it's they need some help. They've given a list a invite code for our listeners. It's just simply Twip. We're not getting paid for this. You all asked me over on Friend Feed and Twitter to do this for you, so I'm doing it. But it's going to go away pretty soon. I think it's sort of a cross between Flickr and iStock. They're much more photographer focused, whereas iStock seems to be much more photo buyer focused. Yeah, and and the thing uh, here is that there's a real opportunity anytime one of these gets set up uh, to get in there early yeah. and and you can actually when when the cement's still wet you can you can be making requests getting stuff done especially as a large group as as the twip you know uh group of of listeners uh, you know if, if thousands of us start joining then it's really going to be made up in the area the way that we want it to be made up. yeah so if, you don't, if you don't like the way that, that when i i'll be i'll tell you when i first found this site they had just horrible horrible licensing terms Right, you know, and in fact, they matched the ones that Photoshop Express had when it launched, and we know what kind of trouble that was. Yeah, it was coming. But Adobe responded and fixed that, and made it. And this company, within twelve hours of me alerting them to it, fixed it. Right. So that's what a beta is all about. Hey, you guys screwed up here. You made a mistake there. I'd like to see this. I'd like to see that. And you hit the nail on the head. We have a chance to to kind of get it built the way we want it. So if you want to take advantage of it, the, the, the code is TWIP. It will not work forever. And they are in beta. If you want to be part of a beta, an actual beta, not, not one that claims to be a beta for like 23 years, but a real beta, check it out. And we do want to know what you think of it because – I think there's some room in this space, and I, and you know, I've looked at Zoomer. I think that's a cool site. I, I mean, you know, the danger we always talk about anyone, and we love Flickr. We use Flickr; it's important to our show. But when you just get dependent on one of these sites and they become the the be all end all, then someday they flip a switch and you're beholden to them. It's nice to have competition because it drives the quality in all these sites up, and it gives you some options. So ch- tell us what you think. Um, going to skip over one because we're running out of time um the press photographers uh of the year 2008 awards were announced i'm going to guess steve you know something about this um well you know they have these press awards and in, in regionally and all over all over the world and this happens to be for the uk and uh i think we'll put a, a, a link to it uh, on our site uh there's the usual suspects there. I think some of the images you, you've probably seen if you've looked at the World Press site because uh, yeah. they've won both locally and, and uh, around the world. If you want to be a press photographer, this is a great place to start. If you can make pictures that look like these, you'll be well on your way. And uh, lastly, Rob Galbraith has updated his very well-known Compact Flash and Secure Digital Performance Database. So I'm really glad. I always look at this and I just go, I'm really glad that Rob's willing to do this. Yeah, this is not. this is somebody who has much more free time than I do. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, if you don't know, there are certain Compact Flash and memory cards that work better in some cameras than other. Now, keep in mind, most of these differences are differences you would only note if you had very sophisticated test equipment. Oh, that was 3.9 milliseconds faster, so therefore I'm going to switch to that because I want to get the very best um but, but it instance, can but but, but, it but can the thing is, is that difference. it can make a difference when you're not paying attention like how long it takes to load a four gig card onto your computer yep. or right. or how many uh how long your burst will last and all these things are depending on how how quickly the cache saturates and so on and so forth so these little things that rob has been kind enough to uh, yeah. review it's, a, it's makes a huge know. difference for us over over time but but I find that the real value is in the top and the bottom. In other words, it's not so much all the ones in the middle, but if right. you're buying the cards at the very bottom and you switch to the cards at the very top, you won't need sophisticated test equipment to notice the difference. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. Lexar makes really good flash cards, but they are optimized often for Nikon. So if you're using if you're using Lexar flash cards in your Canon, you're not going to see the performance that you're going to see in the Nikon. Right. So this is where this database really pays off for me, is learning mm-hmm. those kinds of things. See, yeah. you can't just say this card transfers data at XYZ because it always transfers data at XYZ in that camera. So from camera to camera, it will be different. So check that out. And, of course, we will have a link. Time for our website of the week. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, every single week right here on This Week in Photography, we pick a favorite photo-related website, and we rely on your suggestions to help us make those decisions. So please send those to twipphoto at gmail.com or put them up on delicious slash twip, and we'll look at them today. It really makes a difference to put them up on delicious slash, the delicious tag, you know, tagging your stuff at, at twip ideas. 
Is it, it's Twip Ideas, right? Oh, it's right, Twip. Aaron? Sorry, Twip Ideas. I apologize. Yeah, Twip Ideas. It's really important because I know that Aaron, who's our producer, he lives is, there. He's he's going up there and looking at. He's got a house over together. there. He does. He has. It's, it's a little. It's a delicious house. It's mostly gingerbread. <laughs> And uh, and he's got it there, and he. But, uh, and unfortunately, he for those who don't know how to use delicious and won't take the fifteen seconds to read the help file, just go ahead and send us an email because we still want your feedback. And today's site is splashup.com. Anybody want to talk about this? Anybody have? Uh, I have some experience with it, but it's another desktop imaging editor for the web browser, right? Yeah, it it, it does Photoshop like stuff. Like. Go ahead, Fred. Yeah, I'm throwing up my finger because I want to talk. Um, so, yeah, I like Splash Up. And I like – there's another one that's out there too, another sort of Flash Flex-based uh, photo editor, online photo editor. It's called Aviary. So it's in the same sort of genre as these applications. I think these are – well, I'm putting on my Adobe hat. We think that these applications are really important. We think that these the, – the world of digital imaging is sort of moving in this direction. Not that Photoshop will ever go away, but there's room for these sorts of rich applications online where people can manage their images. So Photoshop Express isn't like this. You right. know? So it's not, it's not a, wow, this kind of looks like Photoshop applications. It's more sort of a middle ground between Flickr and this. But you may see it evolve into something like this in the future. Well, check it out. And, and this is based on Flex? Um, I think so. It looks yeah. like it. It looks yeah. like it's based on Flex. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I played with it a little bit this morning. It's, it's kind of fun. It's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's, 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 kind of it's, fun. it's, it's pretty nifty. I mean, obviously, I'm going to use Photoshop for my serious editing. But. Yeah. but if you're looking at just correcting some stuff, you want to be mm-hmm. online, you don't want to... A lot of... I, I do think that there's going to be a situation where for basic correction, whether people are going to actually buy a piece of software to do right. that is... Or more is importantly, what if you're over at Aunt Faye's house and she doesn't have Photoshop? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's it, splashup.com. Check it out. Leave your comments on the blog or up on Delicious. Let us know what you think and help us pick some more. We do have a current Flickr challenge rolling, and we are in week two of that challenge, and the theme is water. Yes, and we're, we're not going to give you any more instruction or opinion as to what you should do with that theme. Uh, we do have free sound effects this week, courtesy of Pixel Core. Yeah, um, I did that myself. I do have some. I do have some very, very, uh, very cool news, guys, to share. Over on our Flickr discussion group, we surpassed five thousand. Who was the five thousandth member? Uh, Ernest very Tubbs. Special. Ernest Tubbs. Ernest Tubbs. Nice. That's a perfect name for five thousand. He was number five thousand, and uh, we're almost up to fifty-one hundred already. In fact. Really good news is we're nigh on 10,000 in the total trio of, of groups. The challenge pool, the critique pool, and the discussion group. We're almost at 10,000 between the three. So if you have not joined, please do. And if you have trouble with Flickr, there is the word help at the top right corner of every single page on their site. Just click it and they'll help you. Also, you can search Flickr on the Twip Photo blog. We have a couple of videos on how to sign up and post images. So that is really cool. And uh, right before we get into... Uh, discussion of uh, with our guest, which I'll let Alex uh, take over there for a second. I want to mention that we uh, got the results of our poll in. I asked, where do you buy your gear? And uh, roughly 35% go to their local retailer, roughly 62% buy online, and 3.6% uh, buy from ET, the extraterrestrial, so they checked other. So... Um, uh, that that uh, was very interesting to me that we've seen the shift online. I'm going to guess it has something to do with the fact that camera stores around the country are closing, so there are not as many options. But uh, anybody want to have any, any quick feedback on that? It was that? like a 1% follows Alex around the airports to get yeah, the gear that true. he leaves in the terminal. That right? is a great way to get your camera gear, by the way. <laughs> I'll get you all! I'll get you all! Now, I live eight blocks from B&H Photos, so... Yeah, so we know where you get your stuff. <laughs> I just like to walk into B and H. I just just walk around and I just touch things. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, okay. I can go back to whatever. You I was just doing. buy it from your iPod. Like, That's yeah, what I'm working iPhone. on. Yeah. I'm working on it. Somebody's gonna have to make that software for me. Hmm. Yes, please. So, um, so anyway. Well, there we have that. And uh, the new poll is really, really simple. And I'm sorry, there is no other category here, despite the fact some may insist that there should be. It's really quite simple. <laughs> what is your gender, male? Or female. There are only other. two choices. I'm sorry. No other? And you can send me your emails complaining that I should have put blah, 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 but I'm other. not going to worry about not it. Not even going there. Male or female <laughs> are the two choices. And, of course, as we would suspect, unfortunately, the poll is skewing quite heavily male. But we're trying to do something about that today. You know, it, so, it's sort of like uh, the first Macworld uh, speech that I went to of Steve's where I noticed there were like 
4,800 guys and about 12 women in the room. There were no lines at the female restrooms, I was told. Definitely not. So, What's up with that? Well, that's because there were no girls. So they don't have to use the female restroom. Uh, anyway. Simple math, Alex. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what I say. If the girls can use arm restrooms. We should be able to use theirs. Um, we do have a very special guest. Um, this is, the, I believe, the first ever TWIP edition where we've had not one but two Canadians two. on the show simultaneously. Two. So um, we would uh, like to welcome Lisa and Alex. I'll let you do the honors. So uh, our, our special guest today is Lisa Bettany. Hello. How's it going? It's wonderful. And, and uh, Lisa is uh, down here from uh, Vancouver. And uh, now you are mostly, you're used to being both on both sides of the camera, right? I sure am, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> which do you spend, which do you spend uh, more time in? And by the way, if you're, uh, we'll have a link, but it's mostly lisa.com. Uh, and uh, Lisa is both, uh, both ends up modeling as well as doing a lot of photography herself. And we have that in common because, you know, <laughs> well, uh, you I know, was, I was, Scott, a, I was Scott, a model. The, the, the bikini stuff, the bikini stuff that you shot yeah. of yourself yeah. uh, was breathtaking. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Be- beautiful thong there, born. Thanks. I think. That's all. I thought you were a hand model, Scott. <laughs> you know, they stole my thunder there, but we'll go with that. Um, other than that, we, Lisa and I have in common that she's a photographer and I'm a photographer. So, right. Yeah. right. So, she's a little better model than I am. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, now what do you, uh, uh, what do you primarily shoot? What, what is the thing that you like to shoot the most? Oh, I think it's been largely dictated by the type of lens that I've had. Like mm-hmm. I have a 51.4, so I shoot a lot of portraits, mm-hmm. headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I'm sort of exploring off camera flash a lot mm-hmm. inspired by strobist. Right. Very good. No, and the uh, uh, now you what's your you you had a cool camera in here. Is it here? Did, oh, the Lomo. The Lomo. What is oh, that? Where's the Lomo? It's a medium format film camera. She uses film. I just started. It was my my. First. You know, you're a little late. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like getting on the cable car in the last block. You know. <laughs> well, if you go to the Flickr, um, like a Lomo Flickr, there's some amazing stuff. And is that a, just, is that a Holga? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Twenty five dollars. So these are cheap plastic cameras made in China and or Russia that that have defects which the artists rely upon to to make cool pictures because light kind of leaks in and you kind of never know what you're going to get. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of like what I like about the about the uh, the, 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 the the lens baby, yeah, the yeah, lens baby. yeah. It's it's unpredictable, yeah, and uh, of course, soon PixelCore will have the the Holga uh, plugin. I'm sure for Aperture, but mm-hmm. until yes, the, until yes. then. So, and have you shot a lot with it? I just shot my first roll, and like a total noob, I messed it up when I took it out of the camera, just not having any idea. And you're supposed to lick it shut. <laughs> <laughs> We will have video of that later on. Here. Lisa, Lisa, do the instructions actually say? Well, I didn't think this. you were supposed. Well, to they're lick in Chinese. It. <laughs> the little, little IKEA graphics with somebody licking. There should have been, and maybe it wouldn't have happened. But as I was pulling it out of my camera bag, it sort of unrolled. So I got four shots. You only get twelve. Ouch! Yeah. So <laughs> next time. Yeah. I notice you also have a G9 here. I'm looking at your uh, the yes. photo on Flickr. Yes, I just just got that one. Yeah. I love it for both um video and photo. And I've tried off camera flash with it and it works really well. I think we're all I think we're almost all G it's like a well, except for me. Yeah. Oh. You're a previous G9 user. <laughs> I'm a previous G9. Now some owner. Southwest Airlines employee is one in your name. I get him. I get him. So, so now, um, do you uh, do you enjoy? We asked you a little bit off before the show, but do you enjoy being in front of the camera, or behind the camera more? Um, I think they're they're very very different. But when I when I'm modeling, I'm always paying attention to what the lighting is and what the. I'm always asking questions mm-hmm. because just sitting there and it's not enough. <laughs> do do you do you find that? Uh, that it changes the way that you both model and shoot, given that you're on both sides of the camera? Oh, yeah. As, as a photographer, I'm really aware of making sure the model is sort of perfect. You know, mm-hmm. like hair, like anything you, that you don't want to retouch after, 
just making sure things are really that's important details that you you can lose in the moment are, are going to come back to haunt you i bet it makes you a better model that you're a photographer i'm just thinking as a photographer i'd love to work with a model that understands you know light and why i'm mm-hmm. trying to get them to move a certain mm-hmm. way and why that shadow doesn't work that would be wonderful as a as a photographer to have a model that understands that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think being aware of, of light is one of the biggest things because they would always say you know okay little bit little bit over move your head move your chin sort of i mean you, you have an instinct about it At least you do, you, do you find you find photographers get a little bit intimidated because you know what they know and they can't just say hey do this just don't worry about it pretty face you know i'm the photographer mm, there's some kind of humiliation involved in being in a bikini being sprayed with some sort of glycerin spray and, you know, modeling in in some sort of a duck pond in the middle of (laughs) November. How could that be? I'm trying not to get a visual here as you're talking. (laughs) Just like a boat launch or something. Yeah. So they they have the power definitely <laughs> in that position. They don't actually need that for the photography. They just like to keep you, you know, you know, <laughs> off balance. So, when did you become interested in photography? Before you were modeling or after? Um, I'd say during. I'd say about simultaneously. Um, it it took a while to sort of because when it was film, it just it felt it didn't excite me as much as when you know the immediacy of. Of digital, you don't look like you're old enough to have been a model when it was filmed. Did you start as a child? Uh, yeah, maybe twelve. Okay, that's a child in my book. <laughs> what advice do you have for women who want to get into serious photography? Now, you know, on this show, we we try to aim our show at what we call serious photographers, and that is people who will spend time and money in the pursuit of just photography, as opposed to, hey, we went to the park and I happened mm-hmm. to take a cute picture of the kids. Serious photography, people who spend time learning and reading books and listening to shows like ours and watching tutorials. Do you have any advice for women who want to break in? Because it really does seem to be a male-heavy area, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I don't know why. I think blogging definitely helps. Um, building a community. Flickr is awesome. There, there are women, sort of women photography gl- groups for teenagers even so you start in and just build this community and share ideas and there's you know critique my photos and there's a lot of love on on Flickr that I've found really great and a lot of people that are inspiring that you can actually communicate with and hey guys I just wanted to add that uh, when I'm teaching these last few years in documentary photojournalism world world the majority of the students are women so maybe it's the type of photography Steve yeah maybe maybe yeah when I go to the the trade shows compared to 25, 30 years ago, I do notice, you know, far more women. And in fact, things, the interesting trends like uh, this year at, at the Photo Marketing Association show, which is the big trade show for the trade, not for the general public in Las Vegas, there was a new company called Jill E. Bags that made camera bags just for women that were, were they very. Pink? They did have a pink one, but but <laughs> more importantly, they had bags that looked high fashion. Right. I kind of like them. They were really had all. They had all the functionality of a, you know a dom key or a low pro, but they just had the outside design so that a woman could carry it and not feel like it was interfering with her fashion. What do you think of that? Do you think it's bad to go uh, with something like that, Lisa? That's designed just for women, and would it be better to just say, "No, I'm just a photographer. I'm not a woman photographer." Or do you think that that's a good trend? Um, I think it is because it promotes you know fashion in. Let's just face it, those big black bags just don't match anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's something we never really thought of. Oddly enough, the black bag matches everything I have. (laughs) Because it's all black. I like black. Those of us uh, who wear all black, Lisa, would beg to differ. um, Right. I think that was her point. Yeah, yeah, they they don't tend to complement an outfit. You know, if you're going, say... Which is always one of my big concerns on a shoot. How does my outfit look compared with my camera? Uh, We were going to have to go, but I I just want to ask you, what what one thing do you think would help you move to the next step that you don't have now? Is it gear? Is it training? Is it time? Is it experience? I would say gear. I mean, I I rent all my lenses because I can't afford them. Um, And so most of the stuff I do is really... DIY, like Ikea shower curtains and just trying to make it happen. Um, I suppose training. I mean, there's so much, so many tutorials online that you can really learn a lot from that and, and 
Well, if uh, our audience wants to follow your journey as you try to improve your photography, where would you like to have us send them? Um, MostlyLisa.com, and then I have a Flickr account. Is that linked off of your blog? It is, yeah. Okay. Well, we appreciate you stopping by and, and telling us your story, and we'll, we'll follow what you do with interest, and as you progress, maybe we'll bring you back. Cool. Great. Okay. It's time for our Audible Pick of the Week. We do want to thank our friends at Audible. You can go to audiblepodcast.twip and get a free downloadable book uh, as a TWIP listener. This is a special arrangement we've created for you with Audible, and it's our way of saying thanks to you for listening to the show, and it's uh, Audible's way of saying, hey, give us a try. There's no obligation. If you don't like it, you can keep your free book and move on, and every single week, in order to help you have some idea of where to start, we try to give you a pick of the week, and we do have Aaron Mailer, the fine, fine, fine TWIP producer, online with us to give you that pick right now. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? Good. What is your pick of the week, sir? Uh, our pick of the week is Hughes, the definitive biography of the first American billionaire. And it's uh, available as a unabridged and an abridged copy. I would certainly recommend the unabridged. And uh, pretty fascinating listen, to say the least. Um, it's the most definitive book written on Hughes. It was published in recent years. Um, it really does uncover a lot of the information and a lot of the lies that have existed for a long time or, or misinterpretations of his life. Um, about 110,000 pages of sealed court testimony were used, recently declassified FBI files, uh, never-before-published autopsy reports, especially when you get into the, the darker last segment of the story. But uh, Hughes was obviously a, a fascinating figure in American history, uh, one of the richest men in the United States for a lot of his life, record-setting aviator and inventor, uh, but definitely a serious eccentric. And uh, lots of confusion and questions about his latter years. And um, they uh, kind of tell that story a whole lot better in this book than anything that's come before. Um, and there's a lot of testimony to the accuracy of it from a, one man that was close to him for about 17 years who, who vouches for a lot of the validity of what's in that story. So I had a hard time stopping, you know, or putting it down even for a little while once I got underway. And uh, I'd highly recommend it to anybody with an interest in history. Howard Hughes, a fascinating guy. If you hang around Las Vegas, you, you see his imprint there. If you hang around Los Angeles, where he did a lot of his aviation business, you can see his imprint there. Sounds like a great pick. And you don't have to pick that one, though, if you're not interested in Howard Hughes. You can pick Alex's favorite, Spartans. Spartans. Uh, which we try to mention every single week here on Twip. I, I don't love know why. the Spartans. Uh, beyond that, you can pick anything you want because that one free pick, that's yours to choose. There are more than 40,000 titles available. We thank our very good friends at Audible for their support. You know what? If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to do as much as we do for you. So You know, you, you really could pick anything you want, but you really should pick the Spartans. Thank you, Alex. Have you finished Spartans yet, Alex? Yeah, I, I'm, on, just, I'm, on, my, li- I'm he, on my third pass. He listens to it on a weekly basis. I just listen to it on the cable car. That's just what I listen to. I actually, I've been listening to Commonwealth uh, currently, but but I go back and forth between that and Spartans. Gotcha. I also want to say a real quick thank you to Lens Babies for sponsoring the blog. They do a great job with their lenses. Check them out. And uh, once again, we do want to say a very quick thanks to the folks at East Darling for sending us their very cool C-Frame Live. Let's get into some listener questions. As usual, we have more questions than time, so I'm going to do a little editing right here from the microphone. But the first one is kind of germane to what I'm working on right now, so I'm going to get into that. Uh, David from DarkHorse.com says, Hello, first love the show. We do our own product shots here, and we use a light box, which works okay. The problem is that I can't place the light in front because the highlights become too harsh. By the way, that's what we refer to in the photo business as specularity. Uh, That ends up making the core shadow right down the middle. I want to upgrade the system, and I'm thinking of softboxes. First, is is this the right choice? And second, which ones? Some are 250 watts and 2,500 watts. Well, I think you're kind of mixing things up here, David, because softboxes don't have any watts. Softboxes go on... They're a big piece of plastic. Yeah, they're just a big... With some black plastic and some white plastic. Yeah, they're a big thing that doesn't have a light inside them. You have to buy the light and then the softbox. So you can buy uh, you can buy anything from 160 watt second head up to 3,000 watt second heads. For product shots where you don't have anybody moving, you can get away with the less expensive heads in the neighborhood of you know 160 to 300 and 
25 watt seconds. That's where I would go. You can get mono lights. You don't need a pack. A very low end, easy way to go is the lights that you can get in Calumet. They have stores across the United States, so you might want to go look at how their, big of a softbox do you like to use? The biggest I can possibly. Can. I was going to say that yeah. the, when yeah. someone asks, like, how big should the softbox be? Yeah. I'm like, as big like the one we have out in the office here. Yeah, it's as big as we can make it without getting in front of the camera. Yeah, when I when I did my serious portrait and fashion work, I used an eight foot octagon box from Ellen Crom. Right. That sucker was huge. Now, Lisa, Lisa, is that your experience when you see when, when they're shooting models? I mean, you get a lot of big, big softboxes. Oh yeah, and they're. Right, yeah. right next really, to Really, really close. And this is, this is the second right. part of the tip. It's very counterintuitive, uh, and I'm doing videos right mm-hmm. now on this. In fact, yesterday we recorded our second lighting video for TWIP, which will be up hopefully this week, which was how to shoot a portrait with one light. And the key is you want to get this sucker as close as you can to the subject without being in the frame, and it's counterintuitive because you're going to say that's too bright, but actually what happens, the closer you get, the softer the light becomes. The further away you are, the harsher the light becomes. And in a portrait, that's not a good thing. Now, if we're talking products and you do want harsh shadows, you may not have to position the softbox so close. And by the way, if you can't afford a softbox, almost every lighting kit in the world comes with an umbrella. They are all convertible to what we call shoot-through umbrellas, where you take the outside edge off, which is black, and then you shoot through the white part. It almost perfectly emulates a softbox. In fact, in our video, that's what I use because I'm not one of those guys that likes to mess with speed rings. So unless I'm in a permanent studio setting, I don't use it. So let's make sure you understand you got to buy a head and then you got to buy a softbox or a shoot-through umbrella. And look for the video that I'm putting up this week on TWIP because hopefully that will help you. Um, let's move on to the next one. Would like more info on shooting black and white digitally. My name is Scott Miller. I'm just getting into digital photography. I'm curious about black and white, especially. Is it best to shoot in color and convert to black and white in the computer or set the camera for black and white? Fred Johnson, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to let you answer this. You may not. Um, so I would always recommend shooting. First of all, you know, it, it, cameras come with all these different modes, so you can shoot you know, black and white and color or like spot color, different areas of the image. Sometimes like with the G9, you can do that. Um, I would recommend, first of all, always shooting in raw. Don't use any of those, those functions in the camera that alter those pixels before they're, you know, captured or processes them in the camera. Always shoot raw. When you import that, you want to do your conversion and all that inside the computer, whether using, you know, Lightroom or Aperture or Bridge or whatever, do it inside the, the, uh, the computer. So, the uh, the short answer to that question is yes. Always shoot in color, but really you're shooting in raw, which is neither. Right? It's just capturing I knew you were a bunch. Say that it's ca- capturing a bucket of data, then you can process it later. If you choose to shoot in black and white in your camera, what you're actually doing is you're just capturing fewer pixels, and you paid all that money to get all those megapixels. Mm-hmm. Why would you want fewer? And a lot of times, mm-hmm. if you, especially if you go into the uh, channel mixer uh, in Photoshop or something like that, what you're going to find is you you might want to have a, 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 an unusual mixture of, right. of primarily I find primarily green and red yeah. it's how that green and red it goes back and forth when you're making a monochrome image that I find that uh, you, it's not the same for every photo you're going to pull some details out or put some back in so on and so forth and I demonstrated that method in our how to convert to black and white right. video on TWIP and I'm working on one right now for how to do it in Aperture and I'm guessing Fred will do one on how to do it in Lightroom there's lots of ways to do it and they all look good but they look better than they would if you just captured in black and white so I hope we answered your question thank you very much um how are we doing on time, Alex? Uh, we're, we're running towards the end. We could probably answer one more if it's Okay, on let's go ahead. Uh, you know, I get, um, I get this kind of question just every day. It's very tough to answer, but we're going to try this one, and hopefully it answers it for a lot of people. Uh, this is from Paul Bosquet, Bosquet, Busquet. Take any of those three pronunciations. If you have an unusual name, please give us your phonetic pronunciation so I don't do what I just did, which is butcher Paul, poor Paul's I think it's name. Busquet. That's there French. You and you would know. I was, thinking, I was thinking kind of, you know, like French-Canadian, René Levesque, Quebec kind of thing, probably, Bosquet. Uh, Bosquet. He addresses this question to me. Scott, I purchased a Canon 40D three months ago and have the 17 to 85 millimeter kit lens. I would like to purchase a wider lens since I enjoy landscape photography so much. Would you guys recommend a lens specifically made for the smaller sensor in the 40D, such as the EFS 10 to 20, or should I look into Canon's L series? Alex would like to opine. Oh, 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 oh,
Porsche. <laughs> I, I I highly suggest not buying lenses for that are designed for the digital sensor, and and the reason is is that is that you're what keeps you to a camera you know to a camera uh, uh, grouping is I mean whether you're using Canon or Nikon is primarily the glass. So you someday you're going to not have a 40D. You're going to get something that ha- you're going to get a 5D, or you're going to get something that's full frame, and you're going to really wish that all those lenses that you spent money on uh, were worked you know well with that smaller sensor and and so you're not i, I don't buy don't buy no dx's or whatever all the stuff that, that's designed for that smaller frame yeah don't don't, don't, don't buy do into that. obsolescence yeah right. and and the l glass is always the way to go if you can afford it because nothing looks as good as l glass on any cam and canon camera and if you're it's beautiful if you're a person for instance that talks an audio file they'll say spend money on the speakers uh, most computer people will say spend money on RAM, and in photography we say spend money on the lens. And uh, I happen to be a, a huge fan of the L lenses, and the, the 16 to 35, if you can afford it, is the coup de gras. It's the real bomb down there at the very low end for landscape folks, so take a look at that one. And, uh, you know, th- th- there's a 17 to 40 if you can't quite get to the 16 to 35, which is also a very good lens. I keep that in my bag everywhere I go. It does a very good job. It's, it's, uh, it's a fine lens. Both would outperform the current kit lens that you use. We hope that that helps you select something. It's very tough to tell somebody what to buy because we don't know their budget or the kind of work they do or their experience, but hopefully that will get you started in the right direction. Now, next week, we're going to do a special show. We've never done this before. We're not going to have a guest, and we're not going to do a question-only show. What we're going to do instead special. is a topical show where we're just going to do a show about how to publish and sell your photographs. That's all. That's all we're going to talk about. The whole the whole hour is going to be about how to publish and sell your photographs. Steve Simon is going to help there because he's published and sold a lot of photographs. I know that, haven't you, Steve? I have, and I'm going to actually be in your studio next week. That is the most exciting part. I am really here. excited. I've heard he's so much be, about he's it. He's yeah. coming to San Francisco. Oh, we're going to awesome. have to clean up the place. Yeah, yeah. we're going to act there. going to dress up because yeah, we got another Canadian coming in. You know, they're kind of fussy. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be great to have you here, Steve. So we're going to talk about that, and and uh, those of us who've sold and published images, we'll we'll try to do our very best to get you started on on the right foot there. In uh, in between shows, we should have my second lighting video, and I am working on a blog. post post on how to shoot 4th of July fireworks, which will be up well before 4th of July, so don't don't worry about that. And uh, now we're at the part of the show where we try to give you an actually real, usable tip. And for that, we've brought in Adobe's very own and ex-Air Force combat photographer, Fred Johnson. Wow. Did it? Thank you, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> and could the crowd you, went Could wild. you do a Jar Jar or a, a Jabba <laughs> intro? <laughs> don't do Jar Jar. Do Jabba. <laughs> All right. Don't do it. <laughs> Scott Bourne is giving us another. I get the email, remember. (laughs) (laughs) You did it anyway. (laughs) I will give your email address on the air. (laughs) Don't think I won't. All right, on to the tip. Okay, so this is uh, so the tip um, is uh, I'm going to have a preview into a video that I actually want to put together um, with with the help of Scott Bourne, hopefully. Oh, okay. Um, So merging techniques is the tip. So you know we all often talk about different things that you can do on the show, but we never talk about them in context or sort of okay, let's string the do this, do this, do this together. So this project that I'm hopefully going to put together with the help of Mr. Bourne here is I'd like to do a peopleless panoramic HDR shot. So merging a technique that I was talking about a while ago on how to remove people from a scene. I know exactly the place to do that. And then shooting a panorama Mm -hmm. of that scene in multiple passes and multiple exposures and then putting it all together so that you end up with a scene that should have a lot of people in it, a panorama of that scene, but with dynamic range, high dynamic range. And so, what do you need my help for? I'm not going to sit there and gun people down. For I you. need you to model in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that camera that's shaped like a gun. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. There we'll you go. ensure yeah, they'll all be running. <laughs> You'll see pictures of them huddled. We'll <laughs> ensure a zero download video for TWIP if we do that. So, well, well, we'll talk about that. That's a yep. good tip. Yep. So merge techniques, and we're going to demonstrate that with peopleless panoramic HDR. So what you want to do is you want to explore um, doing different things together is what exactly. you're saying. That's exactly. the tip. Yep. The tip is try a couple different techniques and then merge and, them. And one thing I'm going to add to that tip. Piggyback. One of the things is, is that piggyback on that tip is that you get really good at the individual pieces and then figure out how to get them all to work together. Exactly. Otherwise you end up with too many variables. And so, you know, so you get the HD, figure out how to do the HDR, figure out how to do the pano, figure out how to get rid of all the people. Then 
try to do it all together. together. Yeah. 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 And by yeah. the way, this tip isn't limited to post-processing. You can use this tip in the field. For instance, if you have the right kind of lens, I've done some really cool shots where I both panned with the subject and zoomed at yeah. the same time. A combination pan zoom, which created very cool effects. So think about merging techniques. That's the tip this week. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. Before we go, I want to say thank you to everybody who chipped in all the way from New York City. And next week, right here, live in the studio, Mr. Steve Simon. Steve, where can people find you if they're interested in what you do? Uh, well, I'm at uh, stevesimonphoto.com, and I'll probably be at the corner of uh, 24th Street and 10th Ave in about 10 minutes. We'll be right there. Just wait for us. Um, wait a minute. Isn't uh, this taped? Yeah, yeah exactly. I ain't There'll going people anywhere. Running over, people running over in the afternoon, you know, just three days later. There was a traffic jam in New York City today. <laughs> Oddly enough, at 5.30 for no apparent reason. Fred Johnson, where would you like us to point folks that are interested in your work? Uh, well, they can head over to Adobe, adobe.com slash Lightroom, uh, to look at the product that I manage. Or they can hit my blog at frederickvan.com. And on my blog, I've got links to my Facebook, Flickr, and Twitter. Mr. Alex Lindsay, of course, people can find you at pixelcore.tv, pixelcore.com, and uh, have the Twitter? Alex Lindsay on Twitter. That's probably the best place. I've, I've actually, I found my voice on Twitter. It took me a little while. Yeah? Yeah, so I've kind of turned it into like this little tech tech thing where I'm talking tech about cameras and and uh, and everything else in 140 characters, which is perfect. It's like yeah, the perfect. You're still fitting it to 140 yeah, characters? No, it's exactly 140 characters, but people ask about HP20s and stills and everything else, and so I just kind of get up in the morning and I kind of go through a bunch of questions. You'll see this little burst of me answering questions, and so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not going to keep up with all of them, but I'm kind of doing like little Q&As that, on my Twitter that are, uh, and I'll see how long it lasts, I, but it's kind of question. How, how do you manage to get past the whale with the birds floating it <laughs> thing? How yeah, do you, it's how down do you get all by the that? time well, that's because everyone's, everyone's reading my Twitters. Ah. See, that, that's what keeps you out. You, you know? Leo, and uh, yeah, yeah, whoever you know, else. It's yeah. just the way it is. Well, uh, you can find my stuff on the Twitter at Scott Bourne. But since the Twitter is down most of the time, I've started doing more work with FriendFeed. So FriendFeed, I'm just born. And then sometimes there. you like to Twitter lots from FriendFeed. That wasn't actually friend feed. That was that stupid thing that's supposed to make it work. And it, it, by the way, it happened to a bunch of people this week. Not so me. I'm not, Oddly I'm not enough, it didn't happen to me at all. Anyway, you can go there or you can just go to scottborn.com, which I, I try to use now as a central focusing point to everything because I got so many social presences. You have It's sort of like, you know what it is? It's like grocery store cards. It's no longer acceptable to have one. You got to have 32. And apparently that's the way it is with the social network. So go there, scottborn.com, and you can track what I am up to. And don't don't forget our special guest this week, Lisa. Her blog, MostlyLisa.com. I'm on Twitter, too, guys. And what's your Twitter? <laughs> Lisa Bettany. Lisa Bettany. Like Paul How, Bettany. Could you spell that, please? B-E-T-T-A-N-Y. Okay. And uh, that's that's about it. I want to say thanks to Aaron Mailer, our producer. Thanks to Cashfly for bandwidth. Thanks to Pixelcore for production. Thanks to our sponsors, Audible and Lens Babies. And guess what? Thanks to you for listening. That's it. That's all for this week. Time to put the lens cap right back on. 